This is One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, welcome to a Wednesday edition of One Bills Live. Players are on the field, but in reduced numbers. We'll explain what that means in just a second, as uh, the weather here has already turned poor. It is kind of like a, it's not sleet, but it's a cold, wet rain, and the temperature is supposed to drop through the course of the day, the week, et cetera. So basically, <laughs> this might be a precursor to what we get starting on Thursday night into Friday and all of the stuff that we're supposed to get weather-wise at the end of the week, which could make Sunday's game against the Browns very, very interesting. To get more information on that, we'll be talking with our broadcast partner, WIVB-TV meteorologist Mike Saika at the bottom of the hour here, about 30 minutes from now, to get a better sense as to the weather the Bills could be dealing with by the end of the week. And we just heard from Sean McDermott, Steve, like last hour, discuss all the contingency plans that they have put into place, knowing Friday could be a difficult day for players to get to work. How is practice going to function if travel is an issue? Um do they move the schedule? Do they have people start picking guys up on snowmobiles? What are we doing? Yeah. So all of those contingencies have begun. Uh, it doesn't sound like the game has been uh, run through in terms of too many contingency plans at the league level. But yeah, that doesn't have, seem it's to kind be, of a wait and see that with doesn't the weather. Seem to be on the table, uh, like you know, we're not looking at a November game where they moved it to Detroit. Although you know, that's always a possibility. And, we, and you check on that stuff. Detroit's out of town this week, so the stadium is there. Ford yeah. Field would be there, but that's way out on the horizon. I think that's a pretty small possibility, given the timing of what they think this storm's going to do. I think it would probably be more likely. And I, I don't I don't know anything about anything, so I'm I'm riffing here a little bit. Um, they would probably because of COVID, and COVID has happened since the last time they did something like this. They would probably go without fans. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, they'd probably have the game here in Buffalo and just do it without having a crowd. And if the field was in unusable, yeah, then then you start getting into some some iffy kind of stuff about delaying the game, pushing it back 24 hours, whatever. Uh, but for now, right now, they're planning on Sunday at 1 here in the stadium, and let's go. So, right. But, you know, you got to talk about all that stuff because we've seen it happen. That's right. And this is not just, hey, we may get, you know, six to eight inches. They're talking feet. And like I <laughs> yeah. said, like I said, we'll catch up with um, Mike Saika, meteorologist for WIVB-TV Channel 4 here in Buffalo, our broadcast partner, to get more details on if the picture is any clearer today than it was yesterday, knowing this snow is supposed to begin arriving tomorrow night. Um, and let's face it. I mean, if they, if they expect it to snow hard at 1 p.m., three hours one way or the other makes a big difference. Yeah, and the forecast right now is for it to be snowing at kickoff, yeah. too. So, so that's, if that's also getting the stadium ready for fans, right. getting the field ready for a game. Parking lots, everything. So it's it's an issue. We're, it's a race, and but the problem is they keep moving the finish line, you know. Um, there's a Sunday at one window that you want to keep an eye on, but you don't know whether it's going to be makeable or not. 
So well, we've all been through this here in Buffalo. We know how this, this goes. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've lived through it. So we'll see. We'll just see. There is a bit of news concerning player availability for practice today, and it's not due to injury. It's due to illness. Five players have been struck by illness and are not in the building for practice today. They are Reggie Gilliam, Cam Lewis, Matt Milano, Jordan Phillips, and Tim Settle, all out sick today. And because of that reduction in numbers, combined with the players who are on the injury list and not participating, um, basically the Bills have had to adjust practice. They're not going to be doing team segments of practice today. It's only going to be individual position drills, so the practice will be abbreviated due to the fact that they're going to be down those five players due to illness. And then you've got Josh Allen limited today in practice. That was the plan all along. It's not because his injury worsened in any way, shape, or form that he played with last week. It's just the plan going forward. And then not practicing today due to injury, Tremaine Edmonds, Jay Kumaro, and Greg Rousseau, two players getting veteran rest days, Vaughn Miller and Daquan Jones. Roger Saffold was mentioned by Coach McDermott, but we did see him out there participating in practice, so maybe his vet rest day is later in the week. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, maybe he Jordan just... Poyer back practicing today, so that was good to see. Yeah, they made uh, – they, yeah, vet rest days are a little bit fluid depending on how the guy gets out of bed and feels in that, that day. So, yeah, they could switch it around. But I, the, uh, the list of – and the illnesses obviously are not – serious uh just gives them time off and I was having a conversation out on the practice field before I bolted in here back in the day guys showed up these practiced and if you got sick he just went inside and then came back out you know I mean I think the sensitivity to this kind of thing is way different than it has been in right. decades past. and we don't know what the illness is all we know that it yeah, is not COVID related coach did confirm that it's just he said it's just illness you hope it's not a flu bug running through the team because uh, it is flu season. Yeah. Um, but we'll have to just wait and see. Hopefully all those guys are back at practice tomorrow and things can continue as normal. Bill's practice updates are presented by LECOM, Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine. There is one other note to mention on the injury front, and that is concerning wide receiver Marquez Stevenson. He was practicing today. He, he's still on injured reserve with the foot injury he suffered in training camp. He's been rehabbing hard. Steve and I see him out here training on his own in the field house because it's right next to our office all the time. He's been working ex- especially hard these last two weeks every single day on his own. Out on the practice field, good to see him out there. And this opens a 21-day practice window for him. So he'll presumably, without any setbacks, be practicing for anywhere up to the next 21 days and then the team will make a decision whether to put him on the active yeah. roster, maybe the practice squad. Last year they did. Um, they brought or him leave up. him on injured reserve. Yeah, so, last year, remember, they brought him up late in the year. He got some reps, and, yeah, and they had to make some roster moves. He on returned him, so. punts uh, on the Thanksgiving right. game. Uh, it'll be interesting, too, because now they have Naheem Hines. Uh, they, uh, and their receiving core, for the most part, is healthy. Right. So McKenzie's healthy. Got a decision to make. So, there. yeah, it's going to be difficult to see how they You have to move somebody off it. the roster to put him on. Or they got to put him on the practice squad. Yeah, that's um, another option. So, it, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. And, and as with the Bills, as with most other teams at this time of year, when you get injuries and guys moving up and down in the, ro- in the, the availability category, these teams are – man, they're busy. You know, you come out here on a Wednesday – and he's got a list of, like you said, he's got like there were twelve names on this list of practicing, not yeah. practicing, and 
unfortunately, it seems never-ending. Yeah, it, this year, unlike any other in recent memory, with this group, they've got a lot of injuries that have bothered them. Yeah. Player to keep an eye on this week concerning the Browns is David Njoku. He's missed the last two games with an injury. It's their pass-catching tight end. Um, so we'll see if he's practicing today. Reports are that he won't be, but we'll see if that is, in fact, the case. He is not practicing. Okay, that's confirmed. Right. David Njoku not practicing. So, you know, if he's missing from their offensive arsenal, that's a loss for them. They played the last two weeks without him. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how injured, <laughs> how long the injury list is for them, although I'd find it hard to believe it's longer than Buffalo's right now, which has right. been just a weekly issue. You just can't get around this injury bug, it seems. Uh, it's been tough going, uh, and they've just tried to keep on keeping on as best they can. But, you know, every week it seems like we got a new guy. Greg Rousseau, you know, not practicing again today. He's dealing with a high ankle sprain. Those things can take some time. We saw Jake Kumaro missed four games because of one. So it's just tough when you see new names popping up on that list. Every It's like, dang, I want to catch a break in a yeah. good way. I don't know. Yeah, it's been it, – it's, it's weird because we, they were so healthy over the last two. 2020, 2021, they were really healthy all the way through. And then last year, right before they hit the playoffs, they were completely 100% healthy and playing as good a football as anybody in the league which is why last year's the end of last year's season was so disappointing because they were sitting right where they needed to be sitting. It'll be interesting to see if they can get back to that point as this season winds down at the end of the regular season. Um, but all they want and all their, you know, everything they're looking for is right in front of them, so we'll see if they can get it together. Don't turn the football over and win some games. Right. Browns coming off a loss at the hands of the Dolphins last week down in Miami, pretty handily in fact. And um, they're trying to bounce back here. I mean, they really are because they're three and six. And I think the hope going in, Steve, was with, was that they would be a team that would at least be in contention by the right. time Deshaun Watson comes back, which will be in week 12 um, or sorry, week 13. Yeah, they he can start practicing today. Today is his first practice his first coming off the suspension. They, he's going to miss the Bills game. He will miss next week's Tampa Bay game for the Browns, and then he will be in the lineup, you can bet, when they go back to Houston for that game. But they have lost five of their last six, including last week at the hands of the Dolphins by a 22-point margin, 39-17. to And their only win is over Cincinnati in the last month and a half. It's been a rough go here uh, for them basically since October started. Yeah. Uh, and they're three and six now and have kind of fallen out of contention in the tightly packed AFC at the top. But with only three wins, it, it's hard to see them picking up enough ground to. Well, I mean, I guess you'd really have to go on a run down the stretch here. I mean, you, you, they've almost got no margin for error going forward to land a playoff. Yeah, spot. they're going to be even if if they split or if they if they win these, you know, they win these two games, get back, get to five and six. Well, with the remainder of their schedule going, and then Deshaun Watson coming back, you know you could see a, a way a way through it. But they got to w- start winning games. Yeah. Um, the biggest problem is they can't keep other teams off the scoreboard. They're thirty first in the league in points allowed. That's and the you, you got to keep them off the scoreboard. You can't, especially when you have you know your backup quarterback working every week and Jacoby Brissett. The defense has got to buckle down even more. Try to hold that opponent to 17, 20 points. So your offense feels like they've got a chance. 
Yeah. Their defense has been an incredible disappointment this year. Um, they've got really good players. Ward is over there. They've got, you know, Miles um, Garrett, Jadavian Clowney. They've, they've got some real talented players, and they had some higher expectations for their defense, I think, than what they've been yeah. able to perform at this year. Uh, and that has nothing to do with the quarterback situation. So I'm, I think they're really disappointed in the way they've put it together this season, uh, despite the Deshaun Watson drama that's going on over there. They expected to be much better on that side of the football. And let's face it, if they were, they'd have won more games. Yeah. Uh, around the NFL, presented by Collider Health, the official health care system of the Buffalo Bills, Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson. Did you see this? I NFC saw it. Offensive Player of the Week after his 10 reception, 193-yard performance which included a touchdown against the Bills. That was enough to deal with. Thanks very much for that. Um, commanders have a quarterback decision to make. Looks like Carson Wentz is close to returning from being on IR with a ring finger injury on his throwing hand. I'm, I'm kind of riding Heineke here if I'm the commanders, aren't you? I, mean, I haven't seen him practice. And here's the problem. You go out there, and it's like watching. And let's, let's even even the current version of Tua Tonga Vailoa, where he's accurate and they're they're scoring points and doing all that. That's like choosing between that version of a quarterback and Josh Allen as a quarterback. Because um, when you see Carson Wentz play, he's big, strong. He checks all those boxes, you know. Um, and we, you know, Bills fans will tell you Tua is a really good quarterback. They're scheming it up for him really well. And he's really accurate, but he doesn't really jump off the page like, yeah, like a guy like Carson Wentz. But you know this too: when when it's real and it's live, Carson Wentz seems to shrink. But in practice, he looks like the better guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm. It's a it's a strange problem they have: a ring finger injury to Wentz. He's the guy they went out and got. He's the guy they're paying. They expected to start. I would imagine Carson Wentz is going to take snaps this week, but and we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, that team, that team loves playing for Heineke. Like you can just tell when he's on the field, they're motivated. There's something in that, and I'm not going to belittle that. That that means something in a team sport. I don't know. That's that's a really tough. It's, it's a, a tough, tough decision. Because they're because they're in it now. Like they're yeah, five yeah, yeah. and five. They're in the race. They're a half game out of a playoff spot. They're in the race now. You don't want to screw this up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like with all the commanders have had to deal with off the field, their team actually has a chance here on the field. You got to make the right call here. And yeah, is Heineke limited as a quarterback? Yeah, but man. He seems like a real easy guy to rally around, and that team plays hard when he's out right. there. I, it, it, well, that's the thing. If you're, and you just beat an undefeated team in your division. Right. If you're, you know, the head coach, you gotta, you got to make that call. And if they're playing hard for Heineke, you've got to get them to play hard for – Wentz, if he's the guy, yeah, yeah, that's your job, and a little bit of us wins, no question. But you got to right. get him, got to get him there. You got to get him there, you know. Yeah, I mean, Ron Rivera's got to get out there and say, you know, all right, let's go. We gave us a chance, whatever. But then again, 
I mean, think about the. I can't get around. This is really a hard from 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 the distance we are. Because there may it may be more obvious when you're in the building. They may think, ah, oh, no, no, no. As soon as Wentz is ready, he's going to be the guy because we like him or whatever. Or it may be, I don't know. You know, it, it may be more obvious than it. We're making it from the million miles away we are. Yeah. But I'll say this: the way Heineke played in that game against Philly, the only undefeated team left in the league. Winning it, doing all the things he did, drawing the penalty at the end, all of that stuff. Now to sit him, that it kind of like wilts the locker room. You know what I'm saying? That deflates them. Well, I don't know how you go back to Wentz this week if he's healthy enough to play. Because if you're a player on that team, you're like, man, we just beat an undefeated team with Heineke. Why are we doing this now? Right. We just I'm, got our biggest that, win of the year. That's just it. Though. With In- this guy. Right. Inside and that may be true, but inside the locker room there is a vibe. There is a vibe about yet yeah, this guy or that guy. There is a, a yeah. consensus, even if it is totally unspoken. Yeah, about which guy is the guy. Silent ballot. <laughs> there, I'm telling you, you can feel it. Yeah, you feel it. You know it. There is a there is a consensus in that locker room, one hundred thousand percent. Of one of the, and I don't know what it is. Yeah, Ron Rivera should know what it is, and if he does, it's up to him to make it happen. Because there's always this: you got an owner who's paying the money, and he has a, and he'll say, "No, I don't care what they said. We're playing the. I'm paying this guy two million dollars. I'm paying him two million bucks to sit on the sidelines with a clipboard, playing." Yeah. That's always one of the things that gets in the way of all that. But I, and I don't know if that's going to happen either. But. Yeah. There is an absolute vibe in the locker room. One of those guys should be the guy. It's rarely ever split down the locker room. There's almost always a consensus. Yeah. Uh, We've got to get our topic of discussion out to you today. And so it is already up on Twitter at One Bills Live. If you want to respond on the tweet sheet, as we know some people like to do, so you can do that at One Bills Live. Feel free to respond. Which defender would you want back and guaranteed healthy for the rest of the season? We're making some wishes out here today because it seems like every week there's a there's another starting defender that's not in the lineup. And it's just really compromised the effectiveness of Leslie Frazier's defense, which has been lights out pretty much since he arrived on the scene uh, and performed admirably. I mean, even in the 2018 season when the Bills were 6-10, and 10, Buffalo had the second-best pass defense in football. Um, I mean, they've been good pretty much since Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier's feet hit the ground here in Buffalo. And the injuries have made it a supreme, supremely more difficult task, as we have seen at times through the course of this season. Edmonds is dealing with a groin injury right now. He's not practicing. Jordan Poyer is practicing but has missed five games this season. Tredavious White has yet to play a down although he's, you know, trying to work his way back through the practice week and then, you know, get to a point where everybody, you know, at the in the building feels like he's ready to play. Which defender would you want back if you had to pick one and you get the guarantee that he's healthy the rest of the year? Once you get him back, you don't lose him again. <laughs> Who do you want? Line him up. Tremaine oh. Edmonds, Jordan Poyer, Travis White, or somebody else. Maybe you want Rousseau back and healthy the rest of the way. Playoffs everything. 
guaranteed bill of health for the rest of the season once you get him back. 803-0550-1888-550-2550, the number to get on board. Uh, got some open lines for you there. Do you, uh, it's Look, I know we're kind of splitting hairs here, but I think we can unequivocally say the secondary looks different without Jordan Poyer. Um, it's almost the sad thing is we've almost grown accustomed to seeing it without Tredavious White because he hasn't been there since Thanksgiving last year. We're going right. on almost a calendar year. We haven't right. seen the defense without him. Right. We've seen what it's like with Poyer this year, basically winning the game for them in Baltimore, um, or sealing the game anyway. And we've seen what it's like without Tremaine Edmonds. Last week, he goes out of the game. All of a sudden, Minnesota's working in the middle of the field in the passing game. Because they don't have a pterodactyl out there defending the pass. Right. So I, I think it's an interesting group of choices here. And people will have their preferences. And believe me, I don't think there's a wrong answer. But I'd like to hear what people are thinking at 803-0550. Um, do you have a preference, Steve, at all? No? Yes? Maybe? Um, I th- you get one well, of these guys healthy Ed, the rest I, of the way, would, no questions I'd asked. I'd probably say Edmonds. You would? Right okay. Now, yeah. Right now. Or maybe Rousseau. You know, because yeah. he's out. Um, Poyer, and I, I'm almost like, I wish Kair Elam was healthy. Well, the good news is we did see Kair Elam dressed for practice today. So right. hopefully he's on the road back as well. Uh, that's one guy I forgot to mention. He was out there participating. So I, it's, you know, the secondary has been iffy health-wise. Uh, but I think, no question, I think all of us are surpri- pleasantly surprised at Dane Jackson, um, Christian Benford, Kyrie Elam. Of course, Taron Johnson's been phenomenal once again this year. Yep. I think uh, the corners have been great. Uh, Poyer in and out of the lineup has has caused some problems. Um, now, I, I've been surprised they played as well as they have, to be honest with you, with the youth and the injuries that they've sustained. Yeah. They've been a pleasant surprise overall. I just, there's a part of me that says, well, Edmonds has been hurt already. Poyer's been hurt already. Why don't we just get Tredavious White back and he's good to go the rest of the way? Be nice to give him that guarantee. So it's kind of a small part of me that feels like last week's game could have been different if you had a healthy Tredavious White out there. Not saying that he would be shutting down Justin Jefferson, but he's used to those kinds of matchups. Not if. Last week was his first game back. I'm not saying that. But knowing his history here in a Bills uniform, when he's been asked to follow people, he's done a heck of a job. It might have been even different if we just stayed healthy during the game, not lost. Edmonds. Yeah. Edmonds. Um, yeah, that's a valid point. But you had, like we said, we, there were three plays in that game that went catastrophically wrong for the Bills. They were all game stoppers. Yeah. And couldn't get any one of them to go your way. That's, that's the crusher. And there's no, and they're completely different play. One's offense, one's defense. Uh, two are offense, one's defense. Game game enders, and they couldn't get either one of them done for a you know, multitude of reasons. Right. That conspired. Um, so yeah, it, it, any difference that could have happened, whether it was Tremaine Edmonds or Tredavious White, would have, would have, might have, could have made yeah. a difference. Should have made a difference. Whatever you, however you want to phrase it. That's a, those, those games are completely – that's a completely frustrating game. Let's go to the phones at 803-0550, 1-888-550-2550. We go to Jack in Kenmore first. What do you got for us, Jack? 
You know, gentlemen, I, I just don't understand what's the big deal. Why don't the NFL just move the game? Because they know the weather. They look at the weather forecast, and they know it's going to be snowing here real bad. And they have the players to try to get to the game. People try to get to the game. And, you know, there'll be accidents all over the place. So just move the game to Cleveland if the weather's not bad. Move the game to Detroit. Just move the game. And here's the other. I do not think White's coming back the rest of the year. He's been out so long. I think there's another problem there that we don't know about. So that's just my opinion about him, and we really need him back. But if he hasn't – he's been activated for three weeks. He hasn't played yet. I don't think he's going to play the rest of the year. And let's face it, if this coaching staff – I said defensively last week, they did not play good. I don't care what you tell me about our defense coordinator – he did not have it. You don't run 81 yards. This is not Little League football or high school football. This is the NFL. Thank you, and I'll hear for your answer. Bye. Right, thanks, Jack. Yeah. Um, first of all, the reason they don't want to jump the gun and move the game is because you don't want to displace 73,000 fans who have tickets to pay to come to the game. That, that's first. You're trying to be respectful to the fans that are interested in attending the game. Yeah, you got people spending money on the game. and I mean, we got them. people tweeting at us from North Carolina that are making the trip up this weekend saying, hey, what do we do if the weather's bad? How do we get up there? Like, should we drive? What do we do? Right. So, it's, I mean, it's not just local fans coming to this game, and the league is sensitive to that. So they're not just going to display. I mean, Jack, you're probably watching the game at home, so it doesn't make a difference to you. But for the 73,000 people that are coming here on Sunday, it kind of yeah, it's, it's kind of matters. It's a problem to move the game, even to Detroit, even though it's been done. It was a massive undertaking. Um, and they probably took copious notes about how much money they lost or made <laughs> and moving that game. Right, and here's the other. I, I'm just saying, I, I, let's face it. I mean, they if it costs too much money, they ain't going to do it. And I'll say this, too. They've got partners in this business, the broadcast partners, CBS. CBS does not want this game moved. CBS, as and Fox would be the same way, they want the game in the stadium, and they want it actively snowing. They want it as bad of weather conditions as you can possibly get. They want an absolute spectacle of a, of a game. So they don't want the – they've got big-time money partners that have a voice in this, and they would love to have this game take place under the adverse conditions that we saw in 2017 with the Snow Globe game. So that's in the mix as well. Um, it's not easy just to say wave – you don't just make, wave a magic wand and say, hey, let's just play it in Detroit. You got about as much chance of that as you do of playing the game right here in the field house. The other thing that's tricky about this is the Bills have a game just four days later. Now, granted, it is in Detroit <laughs> for Thanksgiving. Oh. But <laughs> if you remember when they did move the Bills game back in 2014 against the Jets and moved it to Detroit, they also moved it back a day to Monday. That's not an option. Not when the Bills are playing on Thanksgiving Day, 12.30 p.m. So those are, it's tricky. It's very tricky, and we'll have to see how it all plays out. You're not happy with the Bills' defense. Fine, Jack. That's your opinion. You're entitled to it. Um, I don't think the defense was the problem last week. You're playing an all-world receiver with a rookie corner and a former seventh-round draft choice at cornerback, and I thought those guys hung tough. 
Did Jefferson get his? Obviously, he was the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. I think he's the best receiver in football. I really do. Um, so there's that. I know you're mad about the 81-yard touchdown run. So were they. They happen in this league. Yeah. They, they flat out happen. Probably once or twice to every team every season. Go back to last season. 76 yards, Derrick Henry. Against the number one defense in football. Where were the Bills at the end of the year? They were number one in the league. Points allowed, uh, pass defense, total defense, third down defense. They gave up a 76-yard touchdown run. They happen. Yeah. They just do. The yeah. league's too good. And they're yeah, and they uh yeah, you can you can base your entire opinion off one bad play if you want to. Um but I'll take the other, you know, two hundred and fifty, two hundred and eighty, three hundred. I mean, I guess Jack played. didn't like the goal line stand at the end of the game either, on the half inch line. How about that? I guess they didn't like I guess yeah. he didn't like that either. That's how it goes. Know. Yeah, it's every team has moments, good and bad. And you 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 got to base your opinion yeah. off all of that. Nobody's going to play perfect defense in the NFL. The the margin Listen, the, of error in a league that is this close. Look, go look at the conference standings. What'd you tell me? Nine teams uh, after nine games week, yeah. have five wins or more. Nine teams. That's just in the AFC. Yeah. Nine teams. If you don't think they they understand what they're doing too, but Sean McDermott brought it up today. He mentioned in passing the the long run they gave up. Sunday. They don't forget about it. They yeah. get it. So And they work like, on it to fix like, it. Yeah. And there's probably about fifty reasons why that thing happened the way it did, not the least of which was their middle line starting middle linebacker was out of the game. Yeah. So yeah, I And get they're it. playing an even better you're back exactly this week. Right. You can you can be mad at that and you can belittle the whole staff because of you know of that play. I think that's a mistake myself. We have to take a break here because when we come back, we got to find out just what the heck the latest is on this forecast for this weekend. Some major snow is supposed to be headed this way via a lake effect system that's supposed to be firing up Wednesday night into Thursday, and it may be off and on from then until kickoff. We'll hear from Mike Syka, WIVB-TV meteorologist, next here on One Bills Live. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. And pleased to have joining us and sacrificing his nap time in the process, meteorologist for WIVB-TV Channel 4 here in Buffalo, Mike Syka, joining us to lend some insight as to just what we could be in for as the week wears on here. And, and Mike, I have to start here. First of all, it is a lake effect snow warning Warning is yes. warning means it is coming. A watch means it could happen, yes. right? Warning means it's yeah, coming. It, it means that the ingredients are there for it in the watch, but uh, the warning means it's imminent. I got to tell you guys, before we even get into the forecast for the weekend, I tweeted out the Bills game forecast yesterday, as it looked yesterday, and I lit a fuse. I must have had like about 170 <laughs> likes or reactions to the tweet about the issue as to whether we should have a dome or not in Orchard Park. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. Oh, my, yeah. oh my gosh. Well, yeah. I really riled yeah. up the fan base. I Everybody's think. got – everybody got an opinion they want to share about that. No question. Oh, I, I, sure. We're just – we're because we're all – this is a generation that lived through the 2014, 2015 
it's November where they moved the sure. Bills game to Detroit. Now, so they know this could happen. And, of course, when, we all know this too. When it hits is really the key ingredient because if it hits at the right time, oh, they, sure. can, they can handle yeah. it. But if it yeah. doesn't, there's no dodging it. Well, you know, I got to tell you, overall, the forecast hasn't changed drastically since yesterday. The biggest change, however, is that Sunday time frame, and it will benefit the game. And I was talking about this on Wake Up this morning and, you know, on our new newscast. Uh, I mean, it still really looks like this lake effect snow event is going to happen. It's really going to pound uh, downtown. And the Southtowns during the day on Friday, the Northtowns are probably going to get off the hook to some extent. Uh, and at that point, Orchard Park is going to be getting a pretty decent dose of snow. Um, I, I know I sent uh, your producer some maps, uh, some graphics here. Right. Uh, I mean, basically, we have that warning in effect for Southern Erie County. But I don't know if he, if you have that other map that actually shows the snowfall amounts. Um, we have uh, a map that actually compares the model, the computer model guidance between the U.S. domestic product and also the European. And you can see that uh, the pink shaded area is obviously going to be the heaviest hit zone for the snowfall. Uh, the one on the left is the uh, U.S. domestic model is painting 20 inches for Buffalo. And uh, the European on the right there is, is placing 23 inches at OP, uh, at Highmark, for by the game time, okay? Uh, but the change in the forecast is that this lake effect snow band is going to do some zigging and zagging. I mean, Friday, I think it's going to be pretty steady state over downtown and impacting the south towns. But then on Saturday, it's going to push northward. In fact, the snow is going to end at Orchard Park on Saturday. And uh, by that point, there could at least be, I'd say, maybe a foot and a half to maybe two feet of snow. So there's going to be some shoveling necessary, that's for sure. And then we get into uh, Sunday with that lake effect snow band starting out uh, after midnight, actually up to the north of Buffalo, starts to sweep southward, but it weakens rapidly. So it kind of looks like there's not going to be much of that left by game time. I mean, there may be a few snow showers out there, but uh, nothing that we can't handle. I think the biggest uh, issue here is the removal of the snow that comes down Friday, Friday night, and uh, maybe very early on Saturday. So, so they're going to have all day, all the daylight hours of Saturday to get the stadium ready for Sunday. You think anything that comes down after that's going to be negligible? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, uh, nothing that we can't handle. In fact, I think the snow band at one point over the weekend on Saturday may even get up into Niagara County Saturday afternoon and evening. So, and then it starts to sweep back southward. But at least all the uh, guidance seems to point to the fact that this is going to weaken greatly as it moves back southward on Sunday. So, you know, hopefully uh, things are going to be pretty decent. One thing is uh, pretty certain, though, there's going to be a brisk breeze about 10, 20 miles per hour out of the west, maybe some gusts to about 30 miles per hour at the stadium Sunday afternoon. So, but we're used to that, yeah, right? <laughs> right. So, so Mike, with this lake effect snow warning um, for Cataratus. Cataraugus and Chautauqua counties. It actually starts tonight and runs through tomorrow night for them. But yeah, for Northern it's short Erie, fuse down there. Yeah, for Northern, for Southern Erie County, it's tonight through Saturday, and for Northern yeah. Erie County, it's Thursday night through Sunday. I, I can't, I can't remember seeing lake effect snow warnings spanning three or four days. <laughs> that just seems like such a long stretch. How often does that happen? 
I mean, it's not a frequent thing, but when all the computer guidance is really kind of locked in and very consistent day to day, and that's what we look for. I mean, I get really nervous as a forecaster when the computer tells me one thing one day and then it tells me something entirely different the next. I get really uh, skittish about the forecast. But if there's a lot of consistency there, and I got to tell you guys, I mean, this was starting to show up last week. I was talking about this even last week, that there was the potential for some meandering lake effect snow across western New York. Uh, as we uh, got into this week. And, you know, sure enough, the models really haven't changed. Uh, the the only, like I said, the biggest change is the fact that I think the heaviest of this lake effect snow band is going to start to fizzle out by the time it hits the stadium Sunday afternoon. You know, some people ask me, they say, well, how come the forecast changed? Well, the closer you get to the event, there's always more weather information coming in. And the assumption is, is that the very latest computer guidance is hopefully going to be the most accurate because it's actually closer to the time period that you're trying to forecast for. Right. Yeah. And that, that's, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you just know what's going to happen in the next 10 minutes more than you know what's going to happen in the next 10 days. Sure, exactly. But, I, you know, there really hasn't been a lot of changes in this forecast, right. even back in the last week. So. so, so Mike, at its worst, we're talking like two to three inches an hour, potentially, in the heaviest areas. Yeah, especially on Friday. You know, OP might be kind of like on the southern fringe of the heaviest of the snow. There may be a slight jog up to the north during Friday. I think essentially the wind direction that steers the stuff is not going to be changing a lot during Friday. So, uh, you know, basically we're talking the South Towns and also up into downtown Buffalo. I don't think there's going to be a lot falling in the North Towns on Friday. Uh, it may briefly brush that area, but the North Towns really getting its hit as we get into the Saturday time frame. And then the last thing that I had for you was I saw that the lake is like the warmest it's ever been this time of year, like 55 degrees. Yeah. Does the warmth of the lake enhance the snowmaking potential or does the temperature not have anything to do with it? No, it sure does. Uh, the greater the difference uh, between the water temperature and the air that's moving upstairs in the atmosphere, it, it makes the atmosphere that much more unstable. And uh, that's going to be the situation. In fact, you know, on Friday, we might even have some thunder snow going on. Ooh, thunder snow. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> you know what? I, I think I'm, I'm putting in for a vacation. That's I'm going to take the weekend and go go somewhere. All right. Well, li well, listen, Mike. The Bahamas, we, right? Yeah. yeah exactly. Listen, Mike. We appreciate you bringing us up to speed. Um, that's good that there's probably not going to be as much happening during the game. That's certainly a plus. I'm sure the players yeah. are happy to know that, um, especially knowing we want Josh to be able to throw the ball. Um, oh, so that's a positive. And, and thanks for bringing us up to speed on what we got to prepare for here. We appreciate it. And I'm sure people, uh, if they need anything else, they'll head over to Channel 4 to get more of the forewarned yeah. weather. Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, I'll be following it for you guys uh, on Channel 4 uh, Wake Up Noon Show, uh, both tomorrow and into Friday. Go Bills! All right. thanks, thanks, Mike. Mike. Appreciate it. See you guys. All right. That's Thanks. Mike Seika, meteorologist for WIVB TV Channel 4 here in Buffalo, bringing us up to speed on what to expect in the coming days as we get closer and closer to kickoff on Sunday at 1 p.m. Um, it sounds like there'll be time to get this stuff out of the way. You get, yeah. well, if you can get it's all coming, the, I mean, Saturday's going to be a busy day for our stadium ops crew. For, looks like about we're going to have about 24 hours of to get it out of here cushion yeah to get it out of here a little more probably if it, if it gets out of here early saturday like 1 a.m saturday morning i mean they'll start like right away i would think 
like the crews out. They'll have the crews yeah. out. They may they may do some stuff before it hits. You know, spreading salt, that kind of thing. If they'll they'll get it out here and start moving out right away. Oh yeah, though there's heavy machinery out here. We they don't fool around. Yeah, they we got those guys. Actually, those guys are very proactive. Yeah. They stay ahead of right. it. We got the tools. So they never fall behind. Yeah, we've got the tools. It'll be interesting. Get make sure you you. Put your feelers out. Check all the outlets as to what's going to happen and how to get into the stadium, how to get out of the stadium, and what what changes there might be to the normal traffic patterns. Yeah, so, obviously, leave yourself some extra time. Yeah, give yourself some extra time coming out here um, and enjoy it. it and layer up. Yeah, <laughs> layers. Because he did say there was going to be a, a pretty steady breeze yeah. out here, too. It, I would um, say it might be chilly, but it is going to be chilly. <laughs> Is definitely <laughs> going to be chilly. You couldn't resist, could you? I could not resist. All right, we got to take a break here, but we're going to get back to your phone calls when we return. As we are asking you, if you could get a guarantee for a healthy defender back in the lineup the rest of the season, who would you pick? We got some choices for you on the tweet sheet there. Edmonds, Poyer, Jadavius, somebody else, you let us know. We'll be back with your phone calls next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collada Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. At the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown, Snapdragon Apples. This Bills season, head to your local Wegmans to experience the epic flavor and monster crunch of Snapdragon Apples, the official apples of your Buffalo Bills. We are talking about the Bills' defense and its health. It's been a tough go all season long, getting that 11-man unit healthy with all its starters in the fold. We know it's not going to happen this year since Micah Hyde is out for the season, and we're still waiting for Tredavious White to get back into the fold after being out for almost a calendar year. So we're asking you today, which defender would you want back and guaranteed healthy for the rest of the season? Is it Edmonds? Is it Poyer? Is it Tredavious? Or is it somebody else? You let us know at 803-0550. Let's go to the phones, and we welcome in Dan in West Seneca. What do you got for us, Dan? Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. You uh, you guys have been extolling the uh, merits of uh, Brandon Bean, and deservedly so. Uh, my question is, at this stage of their careers, how would you compare Brandon Bean to Hall of Famer Bill Polian? I, uh, I think of uh, Vaughn Miller as his acquisition, and years ago the acquisition of Cornelius Bennett. And one second question do you know what the commercial TV situation is going to be for the game on September 1st, a Thursday, against New England? December Thank you very 1st. much. Okay, yeah, uh, sure thing, Dan. Uh, thanks for the call. Uh, first of all, Bill Polian was a six-time NFL Executive of the Year. That's a pretty steep resume to have to measure up to. I will confidently say Brandon Bean is the best general manager this team has had since Bill Polian, and I don't even think it's oh, close. Sure. Um, he was named executive of the year last year. Brandon Bean was, so he's got one, uh, after only, what was that? His fifth year on the job and he just yeah. signed a contract extension. So he figures to be here for a long time. One of the things that gave Bill Polian the ability to be a six time executive of the year was that he switched teams once or twice. Yeah. And doing that, he built. The Carolina Panthers got them to the NFC Championship game in its second year of existence. He was their executive. Then he went to Indianapolis, drafted Peyton Manning, 
and and you know that helps that as well. Won a Super Bowl. Um, went to two. And you can say this though. We've all been there. We've seen how difficult it is to draft the right guy, even when he's sitting there right in front of you, and you've got choices. You can make your you know the Baker Mayfields, the Sam Darnolds, the Josh Allen's, the Lamar, the Lamar Jacksons, and the Sam Sam Darnold and. Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen's of the world. This, you know, so it's hard to pick the right guy when there's more than one guy there, particularly in a, in a draft with Peyton Manning. And you can say what you want about Ryan Leaf. When he was in college, that guy checked all the boxes. So making choices like that get you executive of the year, building franchises the way he did. And let's face it, the, the Indianapolis franchise was an also ran until Bill got there. Yeah. Carolina went to the NFC, the championship game in their second year on a roster that was completely built by Bill Polian. And the Bills were a franchise that around his tenure, all the way around his tenure, was mediocre at best. So Brandon Bean has certainly matched the roster moves and the building process that Bill was able to do, but he's done it once, build it like three times yeah. with three different f- franchises. So it's a long way to go. Yeah. and Give him time. But in his tenure here, it's hard to kind of match a team that went to four straight Super Bowls. Yeah. But he was also Bean's doing well. Yeah. He was also asking about the Bills' upcoming Amazon Prime game on December 1st, the week after the Thanksgiving game the one that's on December 1st against the Patriots. As I understand it, games are supposed to be broadcast in the local markets on over-the-air television. I, th- I believe that's what I remember reading. I will double-check. Um, but, yes, that is an Amazon game. The Yeah, it's on Channel 4 here in Buffalo. I don't know what the situation is for If you for remember, Rochester. the Bills were on the opening Thursday night game, but it was not on Prime. It was only on – it was normal. They didn't start the Prime broadcast for another week or two Yeah, after for week that. two. So, nevertheless, you still should be able to get it on, on – Channel 4. Channel 4 yeah. the week – the Thursday after Thanksgiving. So, and it, so I, I read, too, it's, it's easy to forget. The Bills play this game Sunday – then they play Thursday, and then they play the next Thursday. There's no mini buy or anything. Well, they'll get a mini buy after uh, the after Patriots the, game. Yeah, after these next three games, they get a mini buy. Yeah. Uh, so you just got to hope weird. like heck that there are no injuries coming out of this game. No new injuries coming yeah, out that's of this thing. game because the if turnaround you, is. If tight. you get nicked in this game, you're done for the Thursday game. Yeah. That's just you can't recover fast. Usually. Thursday's the first day you even feel like you can practice again, let alone play a game, um, depending on where you are in your career. Yeah. You know, as a as a young kid, a youngster, you kind of bounce back and you're ready to go on Wednesday, you know. I mean, it's like, let's go. But the older you get and the more miles you have on your on your chassis, it takes a couple extra days yeah. to get to where you feel like you can go again. Let's get back to the phones, and we go to Kate in Albany, I believe. Kate, what do you have for us? You're on one oh, – hold on. Kate, what do you got for us? You're on One Bills Live. Hey, I've got an offense question for you. I I was wondering if you think it's possible the Bills spend too much time in the shotgun rather than under center. You know, even when it's third and short, fourth and short, and whether that may have contributed to the fumble in the end zone. 
Yeah, I, that's good. That's a good question, particularly about the fumble in the end zone. I think there are more things at work than not having enough reps um, on that fumble in the end zone. But I like. Uh, but you're right; they do spend a ton of time in the in the shotgun. And and for those people who wonder what the big deal is, um, when you're in the shotgun, it's the play action fakes aren't really as effective as they are when the quarterback is under center. When um, your run game is just a little bit harder to execute and get an edge in after the ball is snapped than it is when you're under center. Because when the quarterback takes the ball and turns his back to the defense in, in order to hand it off or to, or to move in the pocket, that tells the defense a lot of things about what's going on, particularly with their offensive line. They can watch what the offensive line's doing, and they watch the quarterback and the backfield action. When you're in shotgun, most of the time you'll see the offensive line, you know, the tackles or whatever, they'll all be in two-point stances rather than they have their hand on the ground. It's much harder to fire out. It's much harder to give a play fake that's believable when you're in shotgun. There's a lot that goes into it, but you're right. I think it does have an effect on the defense and their ability to anticipate and key a run play as opposed to a pass play. That's why most teams throw out a shotgun instead of run it. Now, they do both. The Bills not only do shotgun, Steve, they do a fair amount of shotgun with an empty set. Yeah. So you know it's a pass. Right. There's nothing else they can do. And now with Josh, them, there's always a chance they could run it. But, right. But with the Bills, and I think most defenses feel this, if he's in the shotgun empty, the only – it's a throw – it's a pass play called, but he may run it. Um. That's a plus for the Bills, but it's also a predictability for the defense. So they can kind of key on it and have a – and it'll affect their line calls because they're not going to do some stunts, certain stunts that they want to do, knowing that he'll just pull it down and run it. Now, he can do that any time, but when there's a four-man rush or a five – or you know, or, or a normal rush, three-man or four-man rush, it's a factor in, in how they rush. So because of Josh and because it's empty um, – yeah, it's a good question. How much you use shotgun is a thing. It's something you got to keep track of. It's something you got to keep track of because it really affects the way the defense views your offense. And if it affects how they view it, it affects how they call their defenses and how it affects how they play. So you got to know what that is. We will take a break here, but when we come back, we've got more of your phone calls coming. We also hope to have some fresh off-the-field updates as practice wraps up. We'll keep you posted on that. But all of that, including your phone calls, coming your way next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you here. Hour number two on a Wednesday. And the Bills defense getting a little bit healthier, it would appear, with Jordan Poyer back practicing today, as well as Kyrie Elam. We'll know more when the Wednesday injury report is released. But we are checking in with you about this defense that's had a difficult time getting 100% healthy. And we're kind of giving you a wish list today. And you pick off of that wish list. Which defender 
would you want back and guaranteed healthy for the rest of the season? You get a guarantee today. You get to pick a player on defense to be that guaranteed healthy player. Who would you want it to be? Choices, Tremaine Edmonds, Jordan Poyer, Tradavius White, somebody else. You let us know at 803-0550. Let's get back to the phones, and we go to Kevin in Hamburg next. What do you got for us, Kevin? Hey, guys, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Two things I want to say. First, to answer your question, definitely Tredavious, because he's one of the best corners and the best, always covered the best. He always covered the best. Just like in the past, the best legends like Daryl Green always covered the best, and Mel Blount and the Steelers covered the best. That would be my definitely my guaranteed. And the second thing I want to bring up, do you ever see that Elway to Marino draft that's sometimes on 30 for 30? Yes. Wouldn't it have been something if Marino would have gone to Pittsburgh, his home team, because he always loved Pittsburgh because he grew up watching Bradshaw. And that means, in a way, the Bills wouldn't have had to deal with them twice a year. I know we're taking away from the Marino-Kelly few that we all know of here in western New York, but not only have to play them when we play that division and let Cincinnati and Cleveland deal with them, torching them. Wouldn't that have been some way, one way yeah. awesome? Would have been uh, something. Uh, I can also tell you that's uh, another draft that the Jets screwed up because they passed on Marino and took <laughs> Ken O'Brien. So just, just so he could have been in the division with the Jets because they passed on him and took Ken O'Brien. What would have happened to the Jets if they had drafted Marino? Probably not much different. They would have found a way to mess with Exactly. <laughs> Unbelievable. Exactly. But, yes, we have seen that. So, thanks for the call, Kevin. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, vote for Tredavious. And I would kind of want to almost be able to, you know, give give Tredavious that power. You know, just wish list day here. I dub you healthy for the rest of the season, guaranteed. Wouldn't that be great to be mm-hmm. able to just go to a player? Yeah. Touch him on the shoulder. You have been guaranteed full health for the rest of the 2023 season. to injury. Regular season and playoffs. Godspeed. Yes. You know, and then just send him on his way. That's that would right. be fantastic. Uh, back to the phones and to Aaron in Virginia. What do you got for us, Aaron? How are you guys doing? Hey, uh, just a quick answer to your question. I'm calling him blind, so I want to apologize for that. Um, hands down, Micah Hyde. He, he hits really hard when he's covering the run game. He, has, he makes great, great cuts to the running back. And, I mean, just this last game, he's, he's, come, he's become adjusted to knocking down the ball after the Hill-Murray. You know, he, right. it, and even uh, I think Poyer last year had an interception on fourth down, and they got the ball on, like, the 10-yard line instead of, like, on the, in the opposite end of the field. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, uh, I don't know if it's been brought up today, um, but everybody keeps bringing up this narrative how the Bills lose close games. And I think it's being looked at the wrong way. It's not that we lose close all the close games. It's that when we win, we always win. Or sorry, when we lose, we only lose by a little bit. It's because the Bills are so good, they're either blowing out teams or they're staying tight to the games so they're able to keep, uh, keep a close eye. Maybe they'll pull it out, maybe not. But those right. one-score games are always a flop. I like that. I like that. I like that perspective, Aaron. And, and thanks for the call. I will say this: you have three losses by eight points. And Steve looked up what the combined record of those opponents are. You got the Jets at six and three. You got the Vikings at eight and one. And you've got Miami. Miami at seven and three. So that's seven and three, eight and one, and six and three. So that's a combined seven losses. And help me with the math: eight. Seven and six. That's 13 plus eight. It's 21 and seven total record. 21 and seven. 
is the record of the three opponents they lost to collectively. Yeah, they've um, lost some really good teams. Uh, they were all nail biters, and they all feel like they gave. You, you feel like the Bills lost those three games with you know. Yeah, they beat themselves in a lot with of ways. small with small things and one play here, one play there. Um, they are the team we thought they were at the beginning of this season. Uh, despite the injuries, despite the roster shuffling that has had to happen, they are really tough to beat, and that's going to continue. Um, you know, every when you have a game like you did this last week, and two of them in a row, in fact, uh, that's you know it just exa- it exacerbates or makes you exaggerate or maybe split hairs as to what their flaws might be. Trying to find some wispy little shadow of this thing that the Bills have mentally going on where they lose their minds in close games. or something. I, I think that's, that's no. farcical. Yeah. I think it's farcical. They're, they're a hard team to beat. Really hard team to beat. And to beat them, sometimes they have to beat themselves a right. little bit. You need and help. And even then you can barely beat them. Every team who's beaten them has needed help. Uh, has needed help, um, so that's and that's been that way for two or three years now. So I, I'm pretty sure this is exactly the kind of team the Bills fans thought they were going to get. They thought they had a team that could win and go to and win the Super Bowl. They still got that team. They still got that team, and and in a lot of these games they're winning, um, and in some of them they're losing. Uh, it's because of things out of their control, like injuries, so uh, that have hamstrung them. So I'm I'm all about this team. Still, I think they're the team to beat. Even They've got a two-game losing streak. They're still the team to beat. Yeah. Still a team to beat. Let's go back to the phones and to John in Niagara Falls. What do you got for us, John? Hey, guys. Uh, just to answer your question first, to me, it's Matt Milano. I can't think of anybody who makes more consistent big plays every week than Matt Milano, and it terrifies me when he's not out there. Okay. That's a good choice. Um, also... The thing about Josh recently, uh, what concerns me is he so he threw those interceptions right to people as if he didn't see them. Uh, a lot of those interceptions and in the red zone. Also, over the last month, have you noticed how many tipped balls and batted balls there have been at the line uh, compared to the past? Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I mean there have been some. I could go back and look and and see if there are more than usual, but. You, well, you I'm just wondering if defenses. I'm just wondering if defenses have changed and said, "Why do we chase this guy? He's big. He shrugs us off. He's tough to tackle. Let's make it difficult for him to pass when we get to the line." And Steve, you know, there's ways to do that. Do you think they may be shifting a little bit on Josh toward that instead of saying, "Hey, why let him run us over? Let's you know stay at the line and make it hard." Yeah, maybe. I think maybe, but. Uh... Yeah, I think guys are still trying to sack him, trying to get in on him, and maybe they're more aware of trying to bat it down because that's a thing in the league now. I don't think the Bills are more victims of it than anybody else is, though. I think yeah. that's a thing with defensive linemen. It's a technique that, you know, was started back in the 70s with Ed Tuttle Jones. Now everybody's doing it, and, and it's, right. a, it's a skill set that they teach, coach, and expect their players to do. Especially against offenses that get the ball out fast. You know, Tua and the Dolphins, they get the ball out lightning fast. And defenses the last few weeks have been resigned to just putting their hands up to try to bat passes down against him to kind of foil their passing game and get him in second and 10 or whatever. Um, So it's not just Josh. I think a lot of times 
when you're facing an offense that gets the ball out fast, whether it was Brady with the Patriots for so many years or a slew of other teams, they try to close down the first read or get their defensive linemen up the field and get their hands up so they can get hands in passing lanes to force incompletions if they know they're not going to get home in time to get a sack. And sometimes it works in a given week uncommonly well, and sometimes you don't have success. Sometimes he throws it right between your hands, and he's like, oh, my God, you know, I got two hands up, and he put it right between. It happens. Concer- uh, pertaining to your interception comment, yes, Josh did not see defenders at times. He told us after the Jets game he never saw Jordan Whitehead because he was hidden behind the defensive end who was running into his face. He never saw the guy. Yeah. So he thought lofting it to Dawson Knox was a safe play, and all of a sudden there's a defender there that he didn't see when he threw the ball. That does happen even for tall linemen when a, when a defender is in your face and reducing your field of vision. And that's what happened in the Jets game. I don't know if it happened last week, although Patrick Peterson runs out of bounds yeah. with, with Isaiah McKenzie on the first interception. Isaiah's stuck out of bounds. Well, Patrick Peterson's like, well, I'm coming back on the field. Patrick We're still Peterson. defending. Patrick Peterson did the exact same thing to Josh Allen that Jordan Poyer did to Pat Mahomes to close out the game in Kansas City. He snuck in off an outside receiver yeah. and fell back in and followed Mahomes' eyes and uh, just felt like he was going to throw the football, and that's what Peterson did. Yeah. He's, a, he's a veteran player, and just like just – like, um, um, Jordan Poyer. Like Jordan Poyer is, and and – Der- Taron Johnson um, when he slides in. So they do that. Yeah. We are going to turn to the post-practice podium now as Josh Allen is addressing the media following his limited participation in practice today. No, I think it's almost the opposite. Again, just me making smarter decisions is going to help everything else. Um, you know, sometimes allowing our check down game to be our run game. Um, you know, things aren't going particularly great in that aspect. But again, we've got guys that are hungry, guys that are working each and every day. And, and Coach Dorsey's going to find a, a game plan that suits us best. And we're going to go try and attack. And again, if it calls for 40 passes in a game, if it calls for 40 runs in a game, that's that's what our team is willing to do. Uh, we've got a lot of guys that just just want to win football games. So that's. Uh, that's our mindset with that. Yeah, I mean, again, that's a that's an All-Pro vet cornerback that's played a long time in this league. He's probably seen everything that anybody can throw at him, making a play. Um, but again, we can we can do something different. And again, I can find a check down, or I can and tuck it and run, and not try to force a ball there. Um, but again, that's you know you're going to have guys in this league that you know that can do things like that, and that that watch film, and again have been around the league for a long time. So um, maybe just picking and choosing when to throw at that guy. Um, 
Yeah, he, he made a good play. It, it is what it is there. Uh, I mean, I think it, it could if you let it. Um, and I trusted what I was told by, you know, our strength staff. And uh, they did such a good job of allowing me to be in that training room um, hours on end. You know, they, they helped me. You know, Joseph Mika, you know, whether it's stretching me out, modalities, Tobe, uh, Nate. I mean, really everybody in there, um, anything I needed, I, I, I pretty much got. And they, they were on top of everything. So I appreciate all the work that they put in uh, for me to get back out there. Um, but no, when I'm on the field, I mean, it's it's all about you know the game and, and just trying to win a football game, and um, that's that's about it. It'll get to a point, you know, where it's back to back to normal, um, and I, I don't feel it and don't have to worry about it, but. Until that that time comes, yeah, just being smart with it and making sure I'm not, you know, doing anything stupid in walkthroughs and um, not throwing it very hard, you know, and just staying in the, in the training room and still getting treatment on it. No, it doesn't impact my preparation. Again, we got uh, Case, you know, and, and Matt that are stepping in and, and whether they're throwing for me or um, doing all that stuff. We got vets that understand it. And again, just making sure that I'm, I'm going through each rep in my mind. And, um, you know, the training, training staff has me on you know, a specific plan that we'll follow. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of up to them. But uh, we'll trust them with that. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think it did. I think, uh, you know, we came out and were pretty much firing on all cylinders early in, early in that game. Um, you know, and the decision was just, you know, don't need to be throwing um, as many balls, really. You know, I'll get my warm ups right before the game, so uh, that's that's really all it was. I know it's your job to. No idea. We'll we'll see. We'll see. I know it's your job to block out all the noise during a week. Is it even possible to block out the noise? Yeah, I didn't honestly. I, I didn't know what people were saying because uh, I knew in my mind what was going to happen. Um, that's that's all I cared about. I, I had one goal in mind, and that was playing the game. And again, put a lot of hours in that in that training room um, to be able to play. So I didn't really care what anybody else was saying. Yeah, I mean, it, that uh, remains to be seen, I guess, in terms of how much snow we get in the next few days. And, you know, if we don't get any snow on game day, that's, that is what it is. But uh, I'm sure the, the surrounding area of the field is going to be pretty snowy. But um, I'm just trying to make sure I'm letting everybody in the locker room know, especially some of these rookies that have never driven in snow before, kind of what to do. we got ice scrapers uh, in front there for our guys to take home um, just to be safe and, and, and drive with caution. You have very good Whatever, uh, 
are capable of the guys in the locker room, the coaching staff that we've got, uh, the, the faith that they have in me and understand that i got to have that trust in them. And, um, you know, the ball is the most important thing in this building. And that's what we talk about in our, our meeting rooms. Coach McDermott talks about it. Um, you know, that, that ball is everybody's family in your hands. So just, you know, getting back to that mindset and, and just making smarter decisions. Do you feel you have to repay that faith now after these last two games and two to a smaller extent? No. The I'm, faith they have in you that you... Again, just go out and, and play football the way I know to play. Yeah, I think, you know, one thing especially uh, is talking with guys, you know. If, you, if I see a route and, like, I throw a ball, um, if I slap my hands, and it's like, what, was he too wide? Was he this? I'm like, yeah, I'd seen a little wide. And runs over and talks to him right away. And, um, you know, after meetings, like, hey, this guy's feeling this way. Like, let's, let's. So he's very intuitive. He really knows how to talk to people. Um, and he's, he's been great for me, you know, in that, in that quarterback room and, you know, as well as having uh, Barkley back. So. We have a lot of fun in our room, um, but you know, two guys that can be extremely serious and, and very professional when they need to be. A little bit of both, yeah. I've seen video of it, but I, th I really think the only guy that was here maybe have been Dion and Trey. Um, so I know it's – someone said it was like seven or eight years to the date almost um, when that happened. So, yeah, we'll, well, I guess we'll find out. I guess. All right, that's Josh addressing the media after practice today in which he was limited, asked a lot of questions about some of his decision-making out on the field the last couple of weeks as he has been falling victim to some turnovers. We will take a break here when we come back. Next up at the post-game, post-practice podium will be Vaughn Miller. We'll bring you his comments next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Buffalo Bills and Ad Pro Sports are teaming up to award varsity head football coaches with the Coach of the Week Award. Week 11 winners in the Buffalo Region Section 6, Jamestown head coach Tom Langworthy after he led his Red Raiders to a 34-0 shutout win over Williamsville North in the Class A Championship game at Highmark Stadium. In Section 5, Rochester Region Coach of the Week is Attica head coach Jeff Cusmano as he led the Blue Devils to a 16-8 win over East Rochester Gananda in this Class C Championship game. Title is the first Section 5 football championship in Attica school history. Each Coach of the Week winner will receive a $1,000 grant from the Buffalo Bills and Ad Pro Sports. We turn now to the post-practice podium where Von Miller is addressing the media. I want to say I just I pull guys to the side and like say it. I just that's just who I am, and I feel like that's my internal belief. And to be honest, it hasn't always been like that. You know, my early days uh, as a Denver Bronco, and, and especially like into my second contract, like losses are just so depressing. You know, and you don't see any light at the end of the tunnel at all. And um, you know, it's it's tough. You know, but. You know, here's not like that. You know, we got a great team. You know, at the end of the day, realistically, we got a great dream. I mean, we got a great team. So, I mean, earlier you like, you know, I guess you would be more depressed or more upset than usual because you really don't. 
at your core, you really don't know how you're going to win games on, you know, tough teams. You know, you're struggling on offense, struggling on defense, and it's hard to really put that into perspective to, you know, go and win games, especially, you know, the upcoming weeks. But here it's not like that. You know, we got Josh Allen. We got a great defense. We got great coaches here. I've always had great coaches. Um, but we got we just got we just have a great, you know, team built up and. You know, I just like to put things into perspective, and it's a little bit easier for me. This is my 12th year. Um, you know, I've been here before, twice, maybe maybe even more than that, three times. You know, um, and it's just, you know, it's it is what it is. Just because I'm just because I'm positive, and you know, I'm not upset about it, and you know, I'm up here giving a press conference. No, we we just gotta, you know, do better. And I don't know. I, I, just because I'm not doing that doesn't mean like, you know, I'm okay with what's going on. You know, I just have a firm belief in my teammates, firm belief in myself, um, and a firm belief in this organization that we'll be able to get this thing turned around for the good. Is this running back from the ground side of things, is this as good as there is in the NFL? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, it's led by Nick Chubb, of course. Um, and this offensive line, for sure. And I'm sure Nick Chubb would say the same. This this offensive line is, is, is really, you know, helping him out. You know, he could do it by himself, you know, but he has a great offensive line too, from tackle to tackle, guard to guard in this center. He he plays lights out as well too. So, two of the better guards in the National Football League, and two of the better tackles in the National Football League. Got nothing but respect for this offensive line and really this whole team. You know, they they played in a lot of close games. Um, I think when you got Miles Garrett and you know Clowney on the other side and you know Denzel Ward and you got the type of team that they have, like you can't count them out of any single game. And that's just how it is each and every week in the National Football League. You enjoy watching Miles Garrett and he's able to from just a kind of fellow pass rusher yeah. standpoint. Yeah, I love Miles Garrett. We went to Texas and them together. I've built a relationship with him over the years. Um, I'm a fan. Um, I pass rush, he pass rush. Uh, he's, he's probably, you know, one of the best defensive ends to ever play this game. And I think, you know, Tom would, Tom, the more Tom, I think more people will start to agree with me on that. Even, I mean, if, if they probably already are, but I think, and as more and more time passes by, I think more and more people are starting to agree with that, uh, with that quote. Um, Miles Garrett has my all-time Broncos leader sack record-breaking jersey. I gave it to him after the game. You know, I was thinking about that the other day. I broke the Broncos franchise sack record, and I switched jerseys with Miles Garrett after the game. And I didn't really think about it until like a couple of years later. I was like, dang, I don't even have the jersey. I gave it to Miles Garrett. So. You wish you had it back? No, I mean, <laughs> you know, I think at the time, you think, like, you're going to play your whole career with the Denver Broncos, you know, and, and I think when you get traded, you start to think, like, dang, where is this or where is that or, you know, this moment and that moment, and you're like, dang, like, I traded that jersey with Miles Garrett, you know, and, and honestly, I would, you know, somebody had to have it, it's Miles Garrett, like, that's my guy, um, you know, I love Miles Garrett, I love his game, so if anybody other than me had to have it, I'm, I'm okay with Miles Garrett having it. But when expectations are so high, there's some adversity, you know, whether it be the outside noise, the media, fan-driven noise, but people start looking for a place to play. What have been your impressions of, of Sean McCurley now that he's had nine, nine regular season games with him and how he's handled the ups and downs and adversities? Man, he's the real deal, man. Um, and I think, you know, I think championship teams and championship coaches are champions before they win championships. You know, and he's uh, you know he's definitely that. Um, you know, he never gets too high, never gets too low. Um, 
his delivery and his approach and you could just tell like he you know he he studies how to um, interact with his players he, he studies his players he's just a great communicator I like I love the way he labels things you know even though we lost you can it's, it's multiple it's multiple it's, it's multiple ways that you can go in there and label that you know you could say hey you know we got our ass kicked and this and that and which all of them could be true you know all of them could be true like but the way he the way he puts his his words together to inspire the team is just you know phenomenal and it's just an honor and a privilege to be led by um coach mcdermott so i'm happy to be a bill i've always been happy to be a bill um you know i like where we're at um i'm gonna always be positive after press conferences it doesn't matter if we win by 100 or lose by 100 which we never will lose by 100 but you know i just you know, my perspective is I've had two season-ending injuries. I've played in so many different games. Um, won Super Bowls, lost the Super Bowl. Won big game, lost big games. Like, I think it's just over time I can just be able to just sit back and just, you know, put things into perspective. Like, I'm not going to let a team beat me twice. You know, that's one thing I'm not going to do. I'm not going to let one win, like, you know, change anything either. You know, I play the game. I debrief. And I move on to the next game, and just because I'm positive and you know I'm, I have a, a bright outlook on this team doesn't mean that you know I, I'm I'm okay with losing or anything like that. Like we want to win every single game, but you know it's just it's just my perspective, and I love playing a game of football. That was a fun game. Like I think when you take a step back, especially as a player, like even though we didn't win, I've been on the other side of those type of games too. So it was it was a fun game, man. You just got to put it into perspective. You got to respect your opponent. Give them you know, um, their props and their respect and, and, you know, move on. I don't have to get up here and hate and like, oh, we should have did this. Like, you know, it's, you'll never get that from me. You'll never uh, see me pointing the finger at, you know, any of my teammates. Um, if anything, I like to blame to be on me because I can, I can control me. You know, I can come out here and control what I do each and every week. So it's just the world that I choose to live in. And it's, mo- it's, a, it's a multiple it's multiple different ways that that players, not only on our team but players around the league, like handle situations like that. Sometimes you see, you know, a quarterback has a bad game, and, or a wide receiver has a bad game, and they get up there and it's like, you know, it's all, you know, it's the end of the world and negative. They don't want to look at the camera looking down, and you know, it's just so, it's just so dark. You know, it doesn't have to be like that. I control, you know, my perception. I control the words that I say. I control my energy when I'm up here, and um, as a leader on this football team, that's. I just choose to be positive and I choose to have a, a bright outlook. We get more we get more mileage from that that point of view and that perspective. It was. It was it was a fun game and of course we want to be on the underside of it, but I think I try my best not to live double lives. You know, I, the, the same positive outlook that I have here on the football field, I, I try to be that same person at home with my son and with my family. So, you know, I just try to, you know, we all, as humans, we all struggle with consistency, but I just choose to live on the, the positive side of things. Like, my, my life is good. I'm a Buffalo Bill. Um, I got great teammates, great coaches around me. The lunch ladies here and the, the lunch men here at the Buffalo Bills cafeteria love me to death, and they do anything for us to, like, have success like you know it's I just choose to live on that side of things man and I'm blessed and no matter what no matter if we win or lose and I promise you we're gonna we're gonna win way more games than we lose but you know, when you get a loss like that the football guys watch the way you handle losses too and they watch the way you handle wins too and I just try to 
you know, I always make those guys proud because at the end of the season and into the playoffs, like, we're going to need the football guys. And they, I just feel like they're trying us now, and we just got to, you know, keep that energy up and just keep pushing through this adversity because adversity really does reveal, reveal character. And I feel like we have high-character guys here, nothing but a bunch of leaders in this locker room, leaders on, on the coaching staff, leaders in the front office, leaders in the cafeteria. Like, and I enjoy being here, and I just choose to look on the bright side of things. Talk about that leadership after a tough loss, a veteran leader like Jordan Boyer dealing with seems like a significant injury, coming back out there practicing today. Can that serve as inspiration for the guys? Of course. You know, are we, you, you want, Boyer's our guy. You know, and no disrespect to anybody that's underneath him or, you know, anybody that's number two and number three, but Poyer's our guy. Like, he's, that's all pro pole. You know, him at 80% is better than a lot of guys 100%. And that's just how it is, you know. And you, you want Poirier out there. You want that energy out there, you know. You, you know, the way he is and the way he inspires guys. Like, you want you want those guys out there. And, um, you know, it's, it feels good to get Poe back. And, and throughout these following weeks, we get some more guys back. And, you know, just the tough patch that we're going through. You know, at the end of the season, into January, into the playoffs, that's where you need to be. And I'm not sitting there saying that, you know, I don't want to put, you know, the carriage before the horse here. I'm just saying, like, you know, we're in a tough situation right here. We're presented with some adversity. Adversity reveals character. We're going to get some guys back, and I'm excited for these following weeks coming up. And you remind Miles that he finished at A&M one half sack behind you. He did? Dang. You know, Miles only, Miles only played three years, too. I played all four. What is it about A&M pass rushers? You had a few before you guys, too. Pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jacob Green, uh, Miles Garrett, we got some guys there now. I'm, I think it's just... I think it's just college station. You know, we just know how to get after the passer. We've always played great defense all the way back to the wrecking crew days and then before that. Um, and I just think, you know, the way we play defense is just who we are as Aggies. You know, we haven't always had it easy. You know, um, Texas A&M is always about grit, you know, honor and integrity. Um, you know, it's an agriculture and mechanical school. Um, of course, our, our maze business school is at the top of the nation too, but... You know, it's a it's a it's a it's a tough, it's a gritty university. It is the biggest university. If I, I think I love straight about it, but it's a tough, gritty university. We're out in the country, and um, I just think it's I think it's just who we are. You know, that makes us great pass rushers and, and and great defensive uh, players. And of course, we got great offensive players in there too. You know, we're doing a little bit shaky right now, but you know, I got nothing but belief in Jimbo. I know I'm digressing and talking about NCAA right here, but. You know, I know we, we got we got a great coach. We got a lot of great young guys, and we're gonna turn it around. If not this year, next year will be our year for sure. We playing in snow? For real? A lot. It snows here? No way. It snows in Buffalo. They ain't tell me that. When I saw you, man, they did not tell me that. <laughs> yeah, of course, you know it changes. Um, yeah, it's just it's just one of those things like, you know, rushing in mud, rushing in wet conditioning, wet conditions, rushing in and and snow. Of course, um, yeah, it's gonna be tough. But I think at the end of the day, the will to win is what really makes great pass rushers. Of course, you can't do all the moves that you want to do, but the pass rush is just it's way more than just a move here and a move there. It's about high energy and high effort. It takes energy to rush. And it takes a phenomenal effort to, you know, rush the quarterback. And whether that's in snow, sand, uh, mud, like you just, you just got to come with it each and every play.
Yeah. Yeah, that's my guy. I just, you know, I just, I spent time with Josh. I think we went to Mulberries. Yeah, we went to Mulberries after an Italian restaurant here in Buffalo. Um, kicked it with Josh and, you know, his family and, you know, I, and it's not always a speech. It's not always a speech or a talk. Like, you know, I, I just like spending time and just showing my guys, like, I'm there and I support him. You know, win or loss, right or wrong, I got his back, you know, and that's why I came here. You know, whether he's the, whether he performs at the highest level or he doesn't, like, I'm going to always have his back. And, you know, I don't think, I don't think I had a speech or anything like that, but I just showed him, like, hey, I'm here. Like, I'm, I'm just here to kick it with you no matter what, like, you know, I support you, you know, no matter what. Sometimes it's not all about worries. It's just, you know, about actions. And, you know, after the game, you know, we had some guys that just go kick it with them. You know, we didn't talk about the game or let's do this. Or do, we just, just just kick it, have some food, listen to some music, and just, you know, show them that I genuinely love them. And sometimes that's all you need. Hey, I like the feds here, man. That's what I was with, man. Hey. We had uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we had it. It was a couple of teammates there, you know, and of course, it's, uh, you know, this is Josh's private life. And, you know, he had, we had some teammates there. And, you know, I just wanted to, for me personally, I just wanted to go and just kick it with Josh. I didn't sit down and pull him to the side and talk and do none of that stuff. I just wanted to kick it with him and show him, show him I love him, have some food, you know, have a couple, have a couple of alcoholic beverages, and you know, you just call it a night. Food was great. I think you know Mulberry's has some of the best Italian food in Western New York. Um, you know, I, I love I love Mulberry's, and then the wings like it's incredible, man. It's incredible. I think they got the Trey White wings, and they got the Tremaine Edmonds toast, and they got the Josh Allen surfing turf. Like, man, it's 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 dope there. They showed the the Bills players a lot of love at Mulberry's. Shout out to Mulberry's, man. I appreciate y'all. I'll be there this week, man. Thank you. No, I, I don't need that. I don't need that. I just, I just like spending time with great people, and you know, I'm not sure who the, the bartenders that we had, but they were, they were a great time as well too, man. I, you know, I, it was a great night, even though we lost. Like it was a great night, and you know, it just showed me, you know, some of the, the great things about Buffalo, man. And I, I really enjoyed myself Sunday night with, with the guys and you know the staff at Mulberry. All right, uh, that's Von Miller addressing the media on a number of different topics. Uh, nice that he kind of wide ranging. Uh, it was all over the map. Um, <laughs> nice that he and some other teammates kind of spent some time with Josh, so he's not sitting at home stewing in his own disappointment. I mean, we saw him after the game. I mean, he he was in a bad place. He's in a bad way. Um, so yeah, it's I, good that you have teammates to kind of pick you I, up and you know, just I say, remember. "Hey, man." Let's just put that one in the rear view mirror. That's awesome. I remember days like that, man. You just go out and you just give me a beer. Yeah. Or give me a red. Give me give me some Merlot. I'm fine. Give me, and they just talk about stuff other than the game. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, good for them. And that's what good teams do. Um, that and I we were talking we before we went to the break. There's no reason for this team to panic. Oh my gosh. Right. They've lost by a total three games by a total of eight points. To the teams that are twenty-one and seven in their records, but, and, the, but the race in the conference does create a sense of urgency. I mean, there's no yeah, doubt about listen, that. They, they all got to play tough schedules too. They're all right. Just, just play your games. Play your games. You're too hard to beat not to be in it. Yeah. And if you don't get the one seed, I win anyway. Nobody cares. Yeah. Just play your games. Play this next game. Just take the Cleveland Browns on in Buffalo in a bad weather game. Let's go. Yeah. Worry about the rest of this stuff. You know, when you're my age. Fair enough. 
We will take a break here. When we come back, we'll touch on one particular comment about Josh that Josh made to the media this afternoon about his elbow and what he expects on the horizon. We'll get into that when we return here on One Bills Live. All right, so there was one thing that Josh said, Steve, um, about he was asked about his you know throwing elbow. And he said it'll get to a point where it's back to normal, but he's being smart with it in the meantime. So that's a good thing. Like, eventually it's going to get back to normal. Now, I don't know if he means in the offseason or if sometime this season it'll get back to normal. Limited today, doing the right things to keep it in a place where he can perform with it. Nice to know that it's going to get back to normal on its uh, own, though. Yeah, it'll be back to normal. It, you, you, you know, you still got to practice and you got to do everything, get ready to play, and you got to play hard on Sunday. So it's always it's going to be a thing where you're going to get to a certain point, it's going to get better, and, you know, the level's going to go up, and then it's going to drop back down for the game because you're going to wear it out a little bit during the game. Then it's going to get better in the week and it's going to go higher to a better place during the next week, and then it's going to come down again for the game. You just kind of ratchet that up as the season rolls along. So, yeah, he'll get – he's fine. It looks like he threw fine. He's going to get better now week to week unless, you know, something bad happens to it again. It's interesting to hear him on Kyle Brandt's basement talk about all the hoops he jumped through last week to get ready for last week's game. It was a monumental effort on his part and the athletic training staff, so kudos to all of them and to Josh, yeah. who really did a lot to make himself ready to play with his teammates. We're done for today. We'll see you tomorrow. We have Field Yates, among others. We'll see you at one.